like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Union Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host. You are listening to Couch Talks today, and if you are unfamiliar with what that is, it is the special bonus episode of Union Therapy that comes out every Wednesday, where I answer questions that you send to me at Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. Now, quick reminder before we get into the good stuff, that although I'm a therapist, although I'm answering your questions today, and although this podcast is called Unitherapy, it does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for actual mental health services. And it can still be helpful because I hope it is helpful. That is why I do this podcast in the first place. So today is a very, very, very special day because it is Unitherapy's third birthday. We are turning three as I speak or as you listen to me speak. And for those of you who are newer, maybe you haven't been with us for all three years and you haven't listened to all the episodes, yeah, I that is one thing about a podcast. You never know if you're being redundant or if people just need to hear something because they might have missed it on another episode. Like I'm very aware that many of you guys don't listen to every episode, but I'm also very aware that some of y'all do. <laughs> so I don't want to be annoying, but also there's stuff that like you yeah, might want to know and I might have to say more than once. And I say that because I was going to say, I don't know who has been with us since the beginning and you know how I started this podcast, but I started it literally in my living room of my old, old house with one of my friends, Kellen helped me figure everything out and how to like edit things and use GarageBand and how to upload things, which thank God I would not be here without her because I had no idea what I was doing. But I just started in my living room one day. I I look back at that as one of those things, kind of when I quit my job to start a private practice. And I'm like, what in the world? How did you do that and just do it? 
not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing how you were going to do certain things, but you just like jumped in. And a lot of people ask me, how did you start this podcast? Or how did you, maybe it is, how did you start your practice or stuff like that? And I think that's one of the reasons I am actually able to do things like this is because I do not plan too far in the future. Now, that doesn't always pan out for the best. I have many situations that you guys have not heard where I went into something without thinking and there were some consequences I didn't love. Or there are a lot of things that I've done that I've went into or gone into without thinking that just didn't have any kind of success. Do I regret those things? A lot of times no. But not having any thought is not always the best way. And also sometimes it is the best way, which probably isn't helpful for you guys really wanting some concrete advice, which if you're here and you've been here for a while, you know, everything's nuanced and we like to give that openness. You can make your own decisions versus me telling you exactly what to do. So for today to celebrate our third birthday, and this is the last new episode of the year where I'm going to take a little break. I'll, I'll rerun some of my favorite episodes from the past three years in the next two weeks. And then I'll be back fresh with new content in the new year. But to lead us into that transition, I thought I would answer some of the questions that I have in a document from Instagram stories that I've kept that you guys have asked when I have wanted to do like rapid fire episodes. So some of these, honestly, I, I might have answered them in some form or fashion at some point in my life. But, you know, I like these questions. I think they're fun. And these are ones that come up over and over and over again, except one of them isn't. And so we're going to just answer those. So I'm going to ask myself questions that you guys have asked me in the past through Instagram stories, which just know when I put a like question box up there, that's really easy for me to go back and look at because you can like actually go in your archives and look at all the questions that somebody asked you, no matter how long ago it was. But if you just send me a DM question, that gets very much lost. So I'm saying this because a lot of times I'm like, don't DM me and ask me questions, which if I ask you to answer a question box on Instagram stories, that is your surefire Q and way. I will see that. If I don't have one of those up, just email me, Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. So let's get into the questions. I picked four. We're going to get through all four. So the first one is what made you want to be a therapist? I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast. I don't remember the last time I did, but I get this question all the time of how did you know that you wanted to do that? Or how did you end up actually going to grad school for that? Or did you go through something? And then we're like, I want to be a therapist. And the answer is, I kind of fell into it. I had a skewed view of therapy um, before I actually went to school for therapy. I, My first time ever going to a therapist myself, I was in middle school and I hated it. We called her the lady and I would kick and scream going. I wouldn't talk to her. I just sat there in silence. I, I remember one distinct memory of me drawing flowers um, on a dry erase board in her office. And I think the reason that I didn't like it, it had a lot to do with how it was presented to me and just all of that. But I went into the rest of my life thinking I don't need therapy, thinking, first of all, what does the therapist even do? How do they even know all that stuff? I thought there was like therapists for people who just always knew exactly what to say to people. And they say it's kind of like the same things to everybody. And, and that's not true at all. So I didn't go to school wanting to be a therapist at all. I actually went to college undergrad as a nursing major, which 
makes sense because, well, I have no business being a nurse because I do not like, I can't even look at my own, like I got a cut on my thumb this summer at the lake. I was trying to cut a bagel, which I learned by the pre-sliced bagels. And when you go to Brugger's Bagels, ask them to slice them because I was trying to slice a bagel and I just sliced my thumb. I couldn't even look at it. I didn't look at it for days. My mom bandaged it up and then I had my boyfriend change my band-aids because I couldn't look at it because I was afraid because that stuff just, I can't. So I have no no business being a nurse because I cannot do that. But it makes sense because I wanted to be in some kind of helping profession. I did know that. And so I later changed my major and I changed it to child and family studies because at that point in my life, I decided I want to work at Young Life Camps. I volunteered at Young Life Camps every summer. I loved Young Life. It was a big part of my life. And I was like, I want to be on a Young Life staff. Like, I, that's what I want to do. And my boss at camp, her major was child and family studies. So I should change my major to child and family studies. And I did. And so what led me to then actually going to grad school was actually encouragement from an advisor, my advisor that I had in college. She encouraged me to take a, a class called marriage and family therapy. And I learned in that class, wait, I think this is something I'm, I might want to do. I want to learn how to be a therapist. And at that point, I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. I actually went to school for a different license. There are marriage and family therapists, there are social workers, there are the professional counselors. And that's actually what I went and I got a degree that led me to be an LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor. So I kind of just, like I said, I, I fell into it and I'm glad that it worked out. What I love about my degrees is that I think that they can be used for a lot of different things. I can do a lot of stuff. I don't have to be a therapist, but it taught me a lot about life in general and just helps in relationships in general and just the human mind and development and all of that. So I'm not pigeonholed to being a therapist, although right now I really like it. I think a lot of people also get in this space of, well, what if I go to grad school to be a therapist? And I don't like it. Well, what don't you like? Do you not like the actual clinical work? Well, guess what? There's a lot of other stuff that you can do that still are involved in this sphere of work. So if you're on the fence, I'm not going to tell you to do it, but I'm also going to tell you to look at, okay, if this might not lead you to exactly where you think you want to go, could it lead you to other places too? And kind of just, again, think outside of the box there. So to put that in a small nutshell, what made me want to be a therapist is I wanted to help people and that's the way of helping people my own journey led me to. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents... She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, second question. What is something that you can't live without even for a day? So this person that asked this question, I am assuming this person is wondering in terms of like products and stuff like that, or maybe a gadget. I I guess you could also answer this like my bed, my car, air conditioning, a person. And so I've avoided answering this question because I can't answer it because I'm like, wait, there's so many things, but also like I could survive a day without my bed. I could survive a day without my car. I could survive a day without my phone. And so because that's hard for me, I'm going to change this question (laughs) a little bit and just give you three things that I use religiously that I love all for different reasons. I can live without all these things, but I don't want to. So the first one is, this is specifically because it's winter, my Barefoot Dreams robe. So if you don't know what Barefoot Dreams is, it is like the softest stuff in the whole world. They have socks, they have blankets, they have pajamas, they have sweaters. My first introduction to Barefoot Dreams was their socks. And if you like a fuzzy sock, this is the sock for you. Then I got the robe and I think then I got a blanket or it could have been the other way around. However, I am somebody who loves to get into a robe after I get out of the shower because there's nothing worse than being cold as soon as you get out of the shower. And this robe is so 
warm. I cannot use this in the summer because it's so warm that if I have it on and it's hot, then I start sweating. So I have a different robe for the summertime. But I love getting ready in the morning and not having to feel stressed about, oh, I got to put my clothes on first. I get dressed last. And sometimes I just like to lay in my bed and be cozy. So Barefoot Dreams robe, highly recommend. It's a great Christmas gift. They are more expensive. So this is a gift for somebody that you want to spend more money on, or maybe it's something that you want to save your money and splurge on for yourself. Highly recommend. They're the best. The second thing is a stainless steel water cup with a reusable straw. Now, I know everybody is obsessed with the Stanley cups. I don't have one of those, and I have never had one of those. I have one from Target that was like $10, and it's amazing. Literally took it to the beach. My ice didn't melt the whole time. I was outside on the beach in the sun. I put it on my bedside. I cannot go to sleep without a cup of water on my nightstand. I might not drink it at all, but I have to have the cup of water there as I cannot sleep. But I put that on my bedside table and overnight the ice doesn't melt like eight hours. It's still there in the morning, which is amazing. I take it to the gym I go to, which is a heated room where I am and the ice does not melt. It's literally amazing. It's from Target. Again, cheap. I don't know how much Stanley are, but this cup does wonders. I used to have one of those, I want to say it's called like Reuse is the brand, that there are these like bigger cups with handles. I think they have all different kinds and all the well, shapes and, and sizes. I liked the fact that that cup was really big. I didn't have to refill it as much, but it did not keep my ice from melting. My ice would melt all the time. And so that was really frustrating. I would actually still use it because again, I liked how big it was, but I accidentally left it at my doctor's office in October, November. And I really never felt the need to go back and get it. I think I realized when I was driving in the car that I didn't have it. And I just was like, oh, well, I didn't love it that much. So I gifted that to my doctor's office. But people love those cups as well. So anyway, my second one is really just a cup that keeps my ice from melting. Now, my third thing is I grouped three things together. <laughs> I am somebody who is, you can say, addicted to lip gloss or chapstick or just something I like to have my lips to be moisturized all the time. I don't like having dry lips. I think this really started. I went on Accutane when I was in high school and then I did it again, I think either in college or right after college, which I don't recommend doing that once, let alone twice. It very much got rid of my acne and it very much dried out my entire body and may or may not have affected me mentally I can't really answer that because it could have been due to other things, but that is known to have a big impact on people's mental health. However, I'm not a doctor, so actually don't take my recommendations on what medications you take to do anything with your body. But I think that's when my obsession with chapstick started because my lips were always so dry that I could not go anywhere without chapstick. I could not go to sleep without chapstick. It was a whole thing. I had it everywhere, multiple kinds, multiple flavors, all the things. So... Now I just like love chapstick. I also love lipstick and like different lip colors, just part of having fun with doing makeup. And I have three things that I swear by. Two of them are newer. My newest obsession is the Dior Lip Maximizer Lip Gloss. It's like a lip plumper, but I just love how like glossy it is. And I have it in a color. I think it's a raspberry that is pink, but not too pink. It's almost like a 
it's like a see-through pink. So it's like a tint of pink and it is shiny, which I love. And I love lip plumpers because they have that tingly feel to them. Just like I like like minty lip gloss in general and um, chapsticks. I love those. So that's my first one. That's my go-to when I'm like going out and getting dressed up. I also became obsessed in August on a trip to New York when I was with my friend Amy. We were looking at lip stuff at Nordstrom or some store and found this lip tint. It's from Bobby Brown and it's called Extra Lip Tint. And I have a like a, it's almost clear, but it's like a hint of pink. And then again, a raspberry looking flavor, color, color or flavor, whatever. I, I got it in a duo. So it was like buy one, get one free or something. But they look different on you depending on your actual skin color. So it's kind of really cool. It actually adjusts to the pigment in your lips. But I love it because it's so light and it feels literally just like a chapstick. It has like a little bit of color in it and it looks like a shiny lipstick. So highly recommend. That's also a great gift for somebody. And then my third thing in my third thing is the, I don't know how to say this. So I'm going to just pretend like I know. I think it's pronounced like Laneige. It's the L-A-N-E-I-G-E, the lip mask. You've probably seen this on Instagram, all the places, TikTok. This stuff is amazing. I started using it maybe two years ago. I put it on every single night before I go to bed and He might not love me saying this, but sometimes I put it on my boyfriend's lips because it is so wonderful and it's just like soothing. I, I had the, cause I love mint stuff. There's like a chocolate mint one that I'm obsessed with right now. I'm using the berry one because I ran out of the other one and I don't know why I had a berry one, but I highly recommend the mint one. Anyway, I love this stuff. Also a really good gift for somebody. I had to do a secret Santa last year where you had to give somebody like a product that you loved that year that you used a lot that year, I guess, similar to this question. And that's what I gave. So I'm still a fan of it. So I'll put little links in there if you guys want to actually go and look at them and get them for yourself. These questions are all over the place, by the way. I'm talking about lipstick. I'm talking about why I became a therapist. Now, the third question is, if you weren't a therapist, is there something that you would rather do? I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you weren't a therapist, is there something that you would rather do? And this one is hard because I guess when I went to school, I didn't have, like I said, a huge idea of what I wanted. I didn't think about a lot of things. I am somebody who believes that things might be different in a good way if there was more time in between like declaring a major or going to college when we actually do it in our country, in the United States. Because I think if I would have had more time to think about and learn about the different things that there are in the world that I could do, I I don't know, I, would, might, I might have picked something different. Not that I picked something wrong, but I had a limited view of the careers out there. And now there are, you can literally do anything. There are so many careers that I never would have even imagined in my wildest dreams that you see people doing now. So if I wasn't a therapist, it would come from my brain now, not like if I would have gone and done something instead of being a therapist back then, because I just don't think I would have known. But looking at today, what I would do, a couple things come to mind. I think it would be really cool if I was artistic in this way. I would love to have like some kind of business where I'm doing like custom creations of some sort, whether that's I'm doing custom maybe graphic design to help with brands and, and logos and, and branding their things. The graphic designer, I, I don't know. See, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but that sounds fun. Or if I could do like custom, if I was artistic in the painting way, custom watercolors, like I talked to my gift guide or maybe custom furniture. I think something creative like that would be really fun. But this feels more realistic right now. If I wasn't doing this, I think I would be very interested in being some kind of journalist. In my head, the type of journalist that's writing columns for 
like Time Magazine or something like that, doing like creative pieces. Maybe honestly, after watching the Anna Delvey show on, I think it was on Netflix, investigative journalism sounds really fun, also really hard. But I think something, some kind of author of some sort where I get to still be creative, but in a, a writing way. That does not include writing fiction books. Every time I read a fiction book, I'm like, how do people do this? It is, which I guess is how I feel when I see people creating art as well. My brain doesn't work that way. Or maybe my brain doesn't work that way because I've never tried to use it in that way. So that is what I, I might do if I wasn't a therapist. Now, our last question is a question. I took a specific, more specific one part of a specific question, but I get this kind of thing over and over. So I've talked about this before. And the question is, what advice would you give to somebody who is in their 30s, single, sick of dating apps, but also wants a relationship? So they had some caveats to the the advice. Maybe that's specifications, I guess. But I get a lot of questions about dating and, and, and all of that. I've done a couple episodes on that. Of course, we're going to keep doing that because it's something that you guys still want and it's still helpful to hear. I tried really lightly here. And that is because one thing that I know was so annoying when I was in that same space, like in my 30s, single, sick of dating apps, was hearing what other people had to say about what I should do when they didn't really know my certain situation or position or experiences. It was just a lot of this generic advice, do this. They made things seem a lot easier than they were. They took out the nuance of everything. And I think dating is different from ever, for everyone, just like a lot of things in life. And I don't ever want to be or try to be or hope to be someone who offers generic dating advice online. That's just not my forte. I can talk about my experience and I can talk about a lot of different scenarios and different parts of dating, but I'm not going to ever put that in a one size fits all solution for anybody because I don't think that is fair because I don't think that's realistic. I think a lot of people are wanting like hot takes here, right? They want me to give or somebody to give them the soundbite that can make them feel better or help them make decisions for themselves that they want to make but are scared and just want an extra push. But, you know, I'm the kind of person who wants to encourage you to make that decision for yourself versus make it because I said to make it. And, you know, I think sometimes that might hurt me in certain areas because it is hard to create a following and a lot of buzz around the stuff I am creating, the podcast I'm creating, the episodes and the content I'm creating. It's hard to make a lot of buzz around something when a lot of my answers to the questions you guys ask are, it depends and there's nuance to it and maybe and sometimes. That's not the thing that's going to get all the people resharing and and clicking and and posting and re-listening because we live in a world where we want answers, we want certainty, we want somebody to tell us what to do, to take out the risk, and we want people to give us feelings of hope rather than learn how to find hope within ourselves and our own relationship with the world. Now, with all of the caveats that I just gave and all of the background on how I feel about this kind of stuff, I will still give you some feedback and answer this question in my own way. And the truth is around dating apps. I have a love-hate relationship with them. 
I did an entire episode, I think it was almost two years ago now, on dating apps. And I totally recommend anybody listening to that. That still can be helpful. And in in that episode and what I've learned through my own experience with dating apps and dating in general is they're not for everybody. They have changed dating. They have changed the way we communicate. They're cha- they've changed a lot of things and they are not for everybody. So I would never preach to you, to anybody who is, to the person who asked this question, like if you're sick of dating apps, but you want a relationship, it doesn't mean you have to force yourself to still use them. There's more in that. And I'm never going to tell somebody that they should use a dating app because it's something that worked for me. I used them for years and I had a lot of terrible situations and experiences. I had some really good experiences. Now I think that is true of a lot of dating experiences, whether or not we're using dating apps anyway, we can have good and bad. In the end, well, we're in my present, it did work. And I think the way it worked for me is I changed the way that I was approaching the dating apps and I changed the way I was approaching dating in general. But again, that was what I needed for my individual makeup, for my individual desires with dating, for my individual personality. So just because it worked for me, it doesn't mean you have to do it. And I'm not going to tell you that it's going to work for everybody because there are plenty of people that find relationships outside of that. What I would offer somebody in this space, rather than what you should do around dating apps or non-dating apps, whether you should go out and put yourself here or do this or do that, what I would offer somebody is encouragement to find a way to conjure hope regardless of what your dating habits are and regardless of other people. So I said earlier, like we're looking to other people to give us hope and we just are finding it in them. We can look at experiences that other people have had. I think something that was very helpful for me is to see people who were in my position, specifically my therapist was very helpful in that space where I saw her and and knew a little bit of her story and it helped give me an idea that, wait a second, you got out of the space that you were in that's similar than that mine is now. So that means that like there is a possibility that that can happen, but she didn't tell me how to get out of it. She just was an example of somebody who has gotten out of that space. So I think what I would encourage, again, find a way to conjure hope, regardless of what your dating habits are, that then you hold within yourself, not based on what somebody on Instagram or what a dating expert is saying on the interwebs. And then also create a community that helps you, one, continue to know that there is not something wrong with you, and the secret to dating is not doing things in a specific way to get a partner and or to win somebody over. Like create a community and find yourself in a community and surrounded by things that you hear, feel, and see that offer the message that there isn't something wrong with you and you aren't in this space that you don't want to be in because there is something inherently wrong with you and that to fix the, the solution is to do these things in a specific way to get out of who you are because it's your fault that you're in that position because of who you are. That's the space you don't want to find yourself in. So again, create a community that helps you continue to know that there isn't something inherently wrong with you and that's why you're single. And also that creates a knowing that being single doesn't mean you can't live and have a wonderful full life that the one solution to happiness and a life well lived is being in a relationship 
and having this typical traditional family that we see all over the place. So we have to find spaces where the solution to feeling good and fulfilled in whatever way isn't just this one way. There are multiple ways to do that. But the more we find ourselves in spaces that say, oh no, you're sad because you're single and you're single because you're doing X, Y, Z wrong. So do X, Y, Z and then you'll be fixed and then you'll find the person and then you won't be sad anymore because you'll have a relationship and that is the secret to life. No, that's the community that you're in. You're gonna constantly be feeling like crap about yourself. And if there's a strategy to your dating, there's gonna be a strategy that you need to stick to inside of your relationship. And so you never get to actually relax and be yourself and just show up and just belong there. So that's what you don't wanna find. You wanna find yourself in a community and surround yourself with thoughts, content, people, things, all of the stuff, spiritual beliefs that offer you space to believe that you are okay the way you are. And there are multiple ways to live a full life well-lived. And I want to go back to, again, really quick, the part where I said, find a way to conjure hope. Because what I believe is when you have more hope, when you have more hope that you can find happiness or you can actually have the desires in your heart fulfilled. When you actually have hope and belief that that is possible, when you show up to spaces where there's opportunities for that to be found, you're going to show up with more openness. If you don't have hope, you're not going to show up to those spaces and, and see the opportunities because you don't believe that they're there. So that has a lot to do. Our beliefs have so much to do. It's like therapy one-on-one. Our beliefs about ourselves, about the world, about all of that has so much of an impact on how we interact in the world and how we see the world. Some people will walk into a room and see this opportunity and some people won't because they don't believe the opportunity exists, which is a big key in finding something. Very rarely are you going to be sitting in your house on the couch and somebody just walks in and sits on the couch with you and it's like, hey, I heard that you want a partner and we're a perfect match, so let's be partners. I said very rarely that that doesn't happen at all. And I know that was an extreme example, but you know what I'm saying. So to wrap that up, there's my feedback right there for the people that are looking for feedback or if you want to call that advice. But I do not believe that there is a one-size-fits-all guide to dating or how to get the guy or girl of your dreams. And the truth is, when it comes down to it, we don't always get to have the final say on the timing of our lives. And, and sometimes it's just as simple as that. And we can still have hope knowing that we don't get to have the final say on the timing. So that is a wrap on the final episode for year three of uni therapy again feel free to send your questions or ideas especially for next year because i'm going to do some planning and some thinking in the next couple weeks send those to katherine at unitherapypodcast.com you can follow me at cat.defada on instagram and at unitherapy podcast on instagram as well until the new year i hope you guys have all the days you need to have like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He 
she's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 